Well, this weekend is is Memorial Weekend, and uh, we uh, sometimes we get confused, uh, and no harm done in the confusion. But sometimes we we get Memorial Day, the purpose of Veterans Day, and the purpose of uh, even Labor Day. Sometimes we we get those days confused one with another. And I hope that as we leave here today, we'll have a little bit greater understanding of, of Memorial Day uh, and what it's about. But, uh, and you say, well, what does that have to do with the Bible? What does that have to do with Scripture? Well, I want to share some things with you today. I, I have a message I want to preach, and I, I call, I'm calling this message, Lest We Forget. Lest We Forget, and that's what Memorial Day is about. It's, uh, memorial means to remember. Uh, to commemorate, and we uh, we're, we have been announcing for several weeks now we're going to commemorate from the tailgate, and it's it's great to see some of you guys setting out in the sun. Hey, there we go. Oh, we got one on a four wheeler. That is not a West Vir- that is not a West Virginia sticker on the front of that four wheeler, is it? You know, no, 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 no. It's not. It's not. Thank God. You know, we, we can put a, it is a hokey color. It is uh, Virginia Tech color, so that's good. Uh, actually, that could be an EC color. I think is EC maroon. Are they maroon? I can't remember. Blue and gold. So Marissa's over there on the on the side by side with Mary, and Marissa is going to Emmanuel later this year. But we're so thankful that all of you all here. We're thankful that our Facebook audience is joining us. And I want you, if you would, to turn in Scripture to Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. If you have your Phone, look it up on Bible. I use Bible Gateway. That's my favorite Bible app, Bible Gateway. Second Samuel chapter 23. If you're using your Bible, flip there in the pages. Uh, if you don't have one in front of you or an app on your phone or your tablet, then you're welcome just to follow along with me as I read. I guess I should be proper because I'm of that age and take off my hat. The sun's hard on this head, though. Second Samuel chapter 23. Let's begin reading at verse number 13. Verse number 13, and I'm reading from the New International Wording here. During the harvest time, three of thirty chief warriors came down to David at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines were encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistines' garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would just give me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors, the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines. Three men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But listen to this. But David refused to drink it. Now, to, to think about that, I would probably read that, and on on first um, on first reading, I would probably be likely to say, uh, "Man, how ungrateful can this guy be?" But David refused to drink it. But there was a reason. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. He didn't just pour it out. He poured it out. Before the Lord. And David declared, Far be it from me, Lord, to do this. 
He said, "It is not the blood of it. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives?" And David would not drink it. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for those who have served there in their lives, Lord, in the great land of the United States of America. And Lord, today we're here, Lord, to receive from your word. Lord, we're here to worship you, and we're here to commemorate those that gave all, Lord, just like you gave all. And Lord, today, Lord, we just bless you and praise you for the weather report, because everything is looking better. And Lord, we just glorify you and thank you for that, for shining upon us, giving us favor in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Because my wife just showed me before I stepped over here, the the chance of the rain at 12 o'clock is diminished now to, what, 30% weather, lady? Thirty, oh, it's dropped to thirty percent. So we're looking good to get our service, and we're going to share in some fellowship with hot dogs, tater chips, and apple pie. John Hopkins University, one of the most renowned universities in the in all of the world, right? But right here in America, especially, John Hopkins uh, is is known probably at its best for its medical and, and psychological research. Karen Bola of John Hopkins University, she's a research scientist there. She identified a list of things that people most often forget. I find myself involved in a lot of these. The, the, the one thing, most popular name or thing that people forget are names. I can identify with this. I, I struggle with names. Now, if you tell me, if you say, oh, do you know, you know John over there, and I say, I can't face John. Yeah, you know the guy that rides the Har- the black Harley street glide with the mag wheels on. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about now, you know. You know, or you're talking about, uh, you, you're talking about the guy that plays the, you know, the, the 1934 Gibson pre-war banjo that's worth 10 grand. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name, but I know the banjo. You know, we identify with things that we relate to most. Names we struggle with. The other, one other thing is where something is or where we left it or where we laid it down. I've lost Dave. Dave is around here somewhere. I asked Dave a while ago. I said, Dave, there's a pair of pliers back there in the back room. Are they yours? He said, uh, possibly. But, uh, they, he says they don't think they were. But, but we were talking about laying things down. The other day I was getting ready to leave the house. And I was getting ready to leave the house, and I was looking everywhere for my cell phone, and I had it in my hand. <laughs> now, I know none of you do that kind of stuff, you know. None, none of you suffer those things. If you don't, you're young, probably. And let me tell you what, your day is coming. I prophesy over you, your day is coming. So we forget where we laid something, we forget where something is. We forget telephone numbers. That's, that's, that's like third most popular. People forget telephone numbers. I, you know, every once in a while I have to ask my wife, I'll say, what's your phone number? Because in my phone, her number is pre-programmed. I'll just pick up my phone and I'll say, hey Siri, I want you to call my baby. <laughs> and it just dials her number. And I, I really, and, uh, you know, it's weird. I can remember things from 30 years ago, but I can't remember things, maybe an address that somebody gave me yesterday. Then we, we forget word applications. 
Sometimes I find myself and I look at Sarah. And, and we have the, the, the king and queen of this is sitting right directly in front of me. Uh, Rick, will look, Rick Black will look at his lovely wife, Latricia, and he'll say, what am I trying to say? Yeah. We, 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 for, we forget word applications. Sometimes we forget about what has been said. We'll forget, well, what did they just tell me? And then lastly, they, they decided that, that sometimes we can forget facial appearances and or we'll fail to recognize people later on. So we find that, that what, what John Tompkins is saying here, that, that we, there's a lot of things that we're often, for, that we often forget. Our, our memory fails us. My father-in-law says, I just forget to remember. He says, I forget to remember. And when I look at that and I think about that, and speaking of memories, it has been said there are three kind of memories that exist in all of our lives. All of us have good memories. All of us have good memories. But all, all of us also have some bad memories. But then if you're like my dad, and my wife says that I'm very much like my dad, then we also have selective memories. We remember the things that we choose to. We remember the things that we want to. So, so when it comes to our memory, memory has a lot to uh, play in life itself and who we are and what we do and, and what we choose to remember and what we choose to dwell on. David has, he, he took the offering, the water that these three men, they had broke through the line of the Philistines. They had went to the well and they had got their leader. They had got David the water and they bring it back and he poured it out, not just to be mean, but he poured it out before the Lord and he said, I cannot do this. This is the blood of the men who went to the risk their own lives. David was pouring the water out as a memorial. He's saying these men, in all of their bravery, in all of their commitment to me as their leader, if you would, not only politically but spiritually, he said they have risked everything they've had. And he said, I can drink it, but I pour it out before the Lord as a memorial. Somewhat behind me here to my left is my wife and Nathan. They're not together, by the way. They're two different places. Don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. But behind me, we have we have five flags that we try to maintain, and and I want to tell you, it it, it is it is a job maintaining them because the wind blows. We we have more wind here than they do in Chicago. Okay. But but when we came here, we when I first came here as pastor, we had put them up on Sunday. We'd take them back down, and I understand that we were trying to be frugal, and, and and I want us to be frugal. I think we are frugal in our spending. We are good stewards. The the leadership of this church are good stewards of the finances that come into it. But but I said I want us I want us to fly the flags that depict our heritage and depict who we are. And behind me, it we we put up a couple more since. We arrived here five and a half years ago. And to the immediate left, the far left, you see the flag of Israel. And and we find that the Scripture declares that the nation that remembers Israel will be blessed. Therefore, we choose to fly that flag of Israel over top of the property that we sat on on this hill because we support and I believe in the nation of Israel. And I believe that we will be blessed because the Word of God is true. 
And then we see immediately to the, the next one coming to the right is the Christian flag. The Christian flag speaks of our heritage. It speaks of who we are as a people. We are not, as Christians, we are not just believers in Christian ethics, but we are believers in a Savior whose name was Jesus Christ, who came and bled, and He died, and He gave His life, and He gave everything that He had. And I'm going to share some more Scripture with you in just a little bit pertaining to that. But Jesus paid the ultimate price that you and I can not only be saved in this life, but we can and we will be saved in the life to come, which we deem as eternity. It will never end. It will never cease. And because of Jesus Christ, I can be eternally saved and I can eternally be in His presence. We choose to remember that this day and we choose to remember that every day as we proudly display the Christian flag over top of this property. If you come to the far right, you'll see a black flag. That black flag, if the wind was blowing just a little bit more, you could see on that flag the depiction, a blacked out face, and that depicts a fallen soldier. And I'll uh, I'll relate to that just a little bit more in a few moments. But that flag is the, the POWMI, the prisoners of war, missing in action. And there's still many, many, many that haven't come home. And I'll speak to the details of that. But it's important that we remember. And that's what Memorial Day weekend is about. It's remembering those that gave all. And we choose to, in that, remember those that never ever came home at all. And, and this weekend, we remember that because we also have out there, at second from the right, is the flag of the great state of West Virginia. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Mountain Mama. All of those things. That speak, look, it's waving back at me as soon as I start talking about it. Some of you, like myself, we're right on the border. I live in Virginia. Some of the rest of you live on the Virginia side. But we appreciate the heritage of West Virginia. I appreciate these beautiful mountains that we live in and the freedom that we have to come out and worship. We could be inside if we wanted to today, but we chose to be outside of our own free will. But thank God for the great state of West Virginia. And, and then lastly, but not certainly not least, is the flag of the middle. And if you notice that flag, that flag, the pole is about, it, it, it's more than it actually appears to be. It's some 8 to 12 inches taller than any of the rest of the poles. And that's the, what, it, the way it should be. And on that pole are the stars and the stripes, the 50 stars representing the 50 states of the United States of America. And on that, on that pole is the flag that's oftentimes the most hated flag in the world, but on the other hand, it's oftentimes the most respected flag in the world. It's the, it's old glory, some people call it. It represents the United States of America in a flag. And in that, 
we are able to stand here in spite of oppositions, in spite of things that may have happened or are happening around us. We still have the liberties and the privileges of citizens of the great state of the or the great country of the United States of America to stand out here and to worship today and give God glory and to give Him honor. But I want you to know one thing about that flag, that flag, that red, white, and blue flag, as it flies today, that flag and all of the privileges that it represents did not come without a price. There's a price. The Scripture, the Bible is filled with passages that exhort us to remember. In the King James Version of Scripture, there are 148 references to remembering. Deuteronomy, we find 7 and 18. Remember well what your Lord God did. Deuteronomy 24 and 18. Speaking to the Israelites, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Psalms 105, remember the wonders he has done. Isaiah 46 and 8, remember this and fix it in your mind. And then in the New Testament, probably the most important remembrance to us of all as relating to Scripture is when Christ sat down with his his disciples on on that night just before his crucifixion, just before the betrayal. And he sat down with them and he ate supper with them. He washed their feet. They broke the bread. They, they drank from the common cup. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, he said, "You, I want you to do it in remembrance of me. So on this weekend, we're choosing to remember. On this weekend, we're choosing to honor all that gave everything. Over 57 million people have served the United States in its 244 years. 57 million men and women have given their their lives, put their lives at risk over 244 years. Out of that 57 million, 1.4 million people have given their life. One point more than 1.4 million actually. The 1.4 million in round numbers have given their life. Nearly 82,000, that black flag I mentioned just a few moments ago, nearly 82,000 POWMIAs have been unaccounted for. 82,000 that never came home. That their families never saw again. So, so we, 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 we celebrate this weekend with heroes that are worthy to be remembered. Whether they came home, but especially if they didn't came home, they are worthy to be remembered. And that's what this weekend is about. But I also want you to know that on this weekend, there is another remembrance. Not only this weekend, but every single day of our life that we should take time to remember. And I, when I turn my Bible to John chapter 15, and I find in John chapter 15, the 12th through 14th verse, and I, I'm choosing to read the amplified version to you because of the extra wording in particular, the impact that it brings. John 15, Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. Wow. I don't, I don't park on that for just a minute. 
he said that that my commandment, this is my commandment, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I've loved you. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the people that have served, the millions, the 57 million, more than 57 million, the 1.4 million that, that gave their life. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about what Jesus did. And I want you to think about what we're called to do in serving one another and seeking best for one another in all that we do. And he goes on to explain in verse 13 when he says this. He makes this statement. He said, no one has greater love. And in the Amplified Version, it, it's noted there, nor has stronger commitment than to lay down his life for his friends. You know, you and I stand here today, most of us, most of you watching by Facebook Live, very few of us have put our life on the line. Now, uh, maybe we'll never have to. I don't know. Hope, hopefully, maybe we don't have to physically put our life on the line. But have we spiritually given everything of our life for the cause of Christ? And to give everything in our life for the cause of Christ means that we're given everything in our life for the help of someone else. Because if we really love them, then we unselfishly want the best for one another. So have we sold, have we committed ourselves to Christ? Have we sold our life out to Christ? Have we committed and, and had that greater love operating in our lives? Jesus said this in verse 14. He said, you are my friends if. He said, you are my friends if you keep on doing what I've commanded you to do. Wow. You are my friends if you keep on. You know, uh, you know. I, there, there's another song out that that says, uh, "I am a friend of God." Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Listen, I want to be God's friend. I certainly don't want to be His enemy. But if I am a friend of God, he, he, and He's referring to this commandment. Love unselfishly the best and want the best for one another. Because no greater love has any man than to lay down his life for another. And he, and he says, you are my friends if you keep on doing that. So we see the Jesus way. The Jesus way is the ultimate sacrifice. The Jesus way is being willing to lay it all down and lay it all out. The Jesus way is to, 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 to exercise a demonstrative love one towards another. You know, you know, uh, in, in the church circles, they used to call it a Judas hug. The, you know, people that would hug and not really mean it because Judas betrayed the Lord with a hug and a kiss. Uh, he, he, it really wasn't a, a hug that was meant out of, out of my affection and my love for you. It was a, it was a hug that was a betrayal. Jesus is calling us to have a genuine, an ultimate sacrifice and a genuine demonstrative love. Start loving people like Jesus loves you. Start loving others like Jesus loves you. Let it begin in your home. Let it begin on your job. Let it happen wherever you go. Begin to love like Jesus loves. And he gives us this admonition to follow his example. It's not always easy. Let me tell you something. Jesus loved people that despitefully used him. Jesus loved people that spat in his face and jerked his beard out 
yanked his beard out by the roots, if you would, probably brought chunks of flesh with it. Jesus loved the, the soldiers that ripped his back open with, with, with a whip that was armed with sharp pieces of shrapnel, of bone. He loved them. He loved the soldiers that took the hammer and drove the nails on his cross. And he, cried, and, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. That is the type of at the admonition of the Jesus love, the love that Jesus is calling us to do. And it's not always easy for us. The only way that we can love like that is to have Jesus inside of us. The only way that that Jesus love is going to manifest in our life is through and by Him. On your own, you'll never accomplish it. On my own, I will never accomplish it. It's never going to happen. It's never going to occur. We're never going to rise to that place. If I could rise to that place of, of, of mature love for one and for other people, then you know what? I wouldn't need Jesus. But he, but I, he knows I can. He knows you can. He, God knew this from the beginning. That's why He gave us the perfect love of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came and, and became flesh. He was God become man and man became God in the person of Jesus. And that's why that He gave Himself on the cross even though He was guilty of nothing. Nobody killed Jesus. Nobody. He gave His life and He gave it in love because He loved you and He loved me that much. Amen. So there's been many great people that have served in the military. There's been great generals. There's been great colonels. There's been great admirals. There, there, there have been great privates that have been heroes. Just greenhorn sailors that have given their life. There, there have been, there have been heroes. If you go to Washington D.C. probably this morning in Washington D.C. At, at the war memorials, there's people there on the Vietnam Wall and they're taking pencil and paper and they're and they're 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 using it to trace out the names of their loved ones. And they find all of these thousands and thousands of names in that wall, and they are all heroes. But I want you to know this. That Jesus is the champion of champions. He is the hero of heroes. He is the Lord of all lords. You see, because he was martyred for a cause. Soldiers were martyred for a cause. That great red, white, and blue flag speak well of the cause. That is our representative of the cause. It breaks my heart to see people disrespect it. It breaks my heart to see people disrespect this country. Because they are disrespecting people that gave all. But Jesus is the champion of champions. He paid the ultimate cost. He paid, he paid the price for what could not be bought. You see, our freedom in this country was bought in the blood of men and women. Many, 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 many thousands, 82,000 that have never returned home. They never came back. Nobody's ever seen them again. It was it was a 1.4 million over this 244 years. Over a half a million alone gave their life in what we know and we call the Civil War. And, and right now, I guess I'm going to get a little bit political right now. And right now we got left-wing politicians that want to remove all that, that are wanting to destroy and rob us of the heritage. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember that. 
and we need to hold fast to those things. But more important than any of that is that Jesus Christ gave it all. Unlike all of these soldiers, he, this Jesus Christ, He gave His life, but He did something that no other soldier's ever done. Because this mighty soldier, Jesus Christ, He gave His life willingly. He exercised that perfect love. And they put him in a grave and they sealed it with armed guard, intending that they would hold the bragging rights of killing this man that declared himself to be king of kings and lord of lords. But they couldn't hold him there. There's a tomb up in Washington, D.C., and there there is an armed guard that marches past that tomb every single day, every second of the day. No matter the weather, no matter what happens, they walk back and forth with precision detail. Within milliseconds, they walk before the tomb of the unknown. But, you know, there's nobody as of yet that has ever risen from that tomb. But over in Jerusalem, there's a tomb that's hewn back in the hillside that Jesus was put in, but he didn't stay there because he was the champion of champions. And he came out of that tomb. And according to Matthew 26, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and there he is making intercession for you. He is making intercession for me. He is our champion. And let's not forget that he is there. So this morning, as you guys come back to the to your positions on the music this morning, lest we not forget. Probably good that we're not inside. I'm in a preachy mood today. Uh, we could have went. Probably, I could have probably took us a, a good, a, a good full hour. I think my battery just died. I could have probably took us a good full hour, but. Uh, that's all right. You're, you're, I know you're out in the sun, many of you, and it's getting warm. But lest we not forget the soldiers and the women that have died, the men, the women that have died, the people that enable us to sit on this parking lot, the people that we that we fly this flag and we proudly represent our freedoms over this flag, the ones that never came home and we we fly that flag, POWMIA flag. Lest we not, we lest we forget. Let us take this weekend. And remember those people. But most of all, I want you to remember this. Don't ever forget that there is a Jesus that died for you. Don't ever forget there's a Savior that gave everything that He had just for you. He's the champion of champions. He's the King of kings. And He is the Lord of lords. He's not buried in a tomb. His bones are not in a battlefield or perhaps still locked away. He's still not locked away in a prison somewhere in a land on the other side of the earth in Asia. But He is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. There He makes intercession for you and He makes intercession for me. What we can't do, what we can't accomplish... Because our righteousness is not good enough, never will be, never has been. But when we go to the Father, we go through the means of Jesus Christ. And His righteousness supersedes our unrighteousness. 
And he goes to his father and he says, Dad, I stand in the gap. I stand in the gap for Chase. Stand in the gap for Whitney. Stand in the gap for Lily. I stand in the gap for Ward. I stand there. You see, Jesus is the one that broke through. He's the three. Three, three always to me, I always speaks of the Trinity. The three broke through the Philistine stronghold for David. Brought him some water back and he poured it out as a remembrance, an offering. Understand this. Jesus broke through the lines. He broke through the veil of the temple that separated us from the holy presence of God. That we can enter in. So it's not about how good you are or how good I can be. It's good to be good. Don't misunderstand me. It's great to be good. It's great to have have disciplines and walk in righteousness. All that's good. But our righteousness has its been this filthy rags. But Jesus' righteousness is perfect. Unsurpassable. There's no spot. There's no error. There's nothing... Nothing can fail in His righteousness. So this morning, right where you're at, if you're sitting in your lawn chair, if you're sitting in your car, if you're watching by Facebook Live, if you're you're driving down the road, or you're in your living room right now, I just want you to take the time to say, Lord, I remember You. Lord, I remember You. I remember You in Your righteousness. I acknowledge the price that You paid. And Lord, on this day, Lord, I I believe that your righteousness exceeds all of my unrighteousness. Therefore, I ask you to just fill me with your righteousness. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my uncleanliness. Forgive me of my unrighteousness. And Lord, let me be made righteous through and by faith in you. You are my righteousness. I believe that, Lord. And today I commit myself to you. I choose to serve you. I choose to follow you. So let me and allow me to be found righteous in your sight through your blood. And I pray this in faith in Jesus' name. Now, if you pray that prayer with me in faith, believing, you know what? I believe that's faith enough to save you. Because the name of Jesus is powerful and is faithful and His blood is true. So therefore, you can you can testify and proclaim, I'm saved. I'm born again. I have a champion. His name is Jesus. And you always remember that champion. But as we draw this service to a close, I want us to also take time and thank the Lord for all of those that gave all. And I want us to pray for that some 82,000 POWMIAs that never exist. I get messages really often because I'm part of some of those groups that they will find the remains of someone and they'll bring them home. They will bring those bones home and it means so much to those families. So this Memorial Weekend, I just want you to join me as we pray. Father, I pray for the families of those that are left behind. Those who gave all, Lord. We, we acknowledge and we remember them today, Lord. We thank God for people that have been willing to give their life for our freedoms and our liberties in this great land that you, you've given us. You've blessed the United States of America.
because we have been rooted and founded on you. And Lord, today we repent, Lord God. We repent of our turning away. Lord, we repent, Lord, of our shortcomings. And God, as we remember those who, who paid all, Lord God, today, Lord, we want you to bless their families. And I pray for those 82,000. Lord, some of them, some of them may be deceased, Lord. There's no doubt about that, many of them. But Lord, I ask that somehow, Lord God, that you bring their family comfort by letting their whereabouts, their remains, be discovered. God, give them peace in their heart. Give them closure, Lord, in the generations to come, Lord. God, let it be. Let people's hearts be turned to you. So we thank you for the USA. I thank you for those who've given all. Those that are serving or have served. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're just going to worship a little bit more in some songs. And then we're going to have some hot dogs, some tater chips and some apple pie.